you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Johanna Renaud. Welcome, Johanna. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am super excited for this conversation, Johanna. You have a, an interesting background that's a little bit different than most of my visitors. But <laughs> just before we jump into that, there's people around the world who don't yet know who you are. Can you give them a little bit of background? Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm an entrepreneur through and through. I've always been the one to put out projects and start companies, not not all of them to what you know would be our general notion of success. I failed a couple of times. Um, I still can't help myself. I still have to do it. And right now, my my work really is focusing on helping people in different areas um, deal well with the consequences of technology especially when it comes to social media. I am a hobbyist PhD researcher. That's something that the German university landscape allows, excuse me, allows us to do, which is wonderful. And because I'm researching the consequences of social media through my PhD on Instagram, I realized that there's really quite a lot going on with how this affects business, how it affects our individual lives. And I started two companies out of that. One helps... Um, entrepreneurs, small business owners market themselves without social media, which just feels so rebellious. It always makes me chuckle when I say it. <laughs> and the other one is about really helping people and companies deal with the, the demand on our attention that comes through digital technologies, right? You all know this feeling when your, your notifications are just lighting up your phone, there's something with your email, then there may be, there's a company chat or Slack notification, and it's all, it's all quite a lot. And there are ways we can deal with this that help us be more effective managers, that help us be more effective as, as a team, and also that protect our mental health as individuals. And those are the two avenues or the two things I do right now. Wait, so you're saying entrepreneurs still have mental health? Could you say that again? You're, you're saying entrepreneurs still have a mental health. They, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think that was a possibility to have any left. Fair enough. I, I think I think it's necessary, right? It can be being an entrepreneur can be very taxing on your mental health for sure. And I've I've been through a burnout, so I've I've had my share of lessons in that sense. And that's also the reason why I care so much about creating, I guess, a setup for you as an entrepreneur and as a team that really takes as much of the mental load off of you as as is possible while still recognizing that we all live in the real world right it's not possible to pretend that it's 1980 and you can just fax whatever needs to be communicated to somebody else where we're in a different world there's more speed and and that's just the way it is you should try visit the philippines pen and, pa <laughs> pen and paper is still very acceptable for a lot of things you never thought possible so. <laughs> maybe there, maybe there are our uh, brothers and sisters in spirit over here in Germany because German Germany is also quite known for being still very paper based. I heard that in in Denmark, for example, you're far further ahead. <laughs> fair, fair. I love the whole uh, the social media 
piece. I, I think uh, I, I have some strong opinions on all this notification. I remember getting my first mobile phone when I was like 14 or 15 or something. And the absolute first thing I did was turning off all sounds, all noises, all vibrations. Because yeah. it annoyed me to death when people were constantly, <laughs> and particularly like, I still have friends where, you know, sometimes at night they wake up three times because someone on the other side of the planet calls them or emails them or something oh. and they get notified. And I'm like, I cannot understand how people do that. So yeah. um, on on my computer and on social media, I make exactly the same. Like my phone never makes noises. My computer never pops stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember working in the corporate world where, uh, initially we were using Outlook and not down the corner you had this thing popping up every time there was a new email oh. and like I will get 500 plus emails a day and that is never gonna happen so um, yeah I, I definitely I, I definitely have a strong stance on it I have a lot of people that hate me for it I mean when you don't answer your phone and people call you apparently mm. apparently you don't get a popularity award but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still I'm still okay. s- still somewhat mentally sane so uh, I'm yeah. I give that some credit, but tell me a little bit more. Like, what what did your research say around it? What was your findings? What's been your experience? Yeah, uh, see, I I really appreciate your stance because while I I tend to turn my phone off too when I go when I have deep work sessions, for example, I put my phone on airplane mode, and that's just what needs to happen. Generally speaking, when it comes to my research, what I thought is really interesting is that our our phones in particular, our phones and social media in particular, really have this longer lasting effect on mental health and our attention spans that I think we're just now really starting to see the effects of because it was, you know, when you think about smartphones have been around for about 15 years, um, social media, the way we know it for a good decade. So it's been a very recent development for us in terms of how long these technologies have been around. And in the beginning, they were quite different to what we're seeing now with um, all the ad-based business models. And it's really quite shocking, or it was quite shocking for me to read study after study after study how on how deep the impact of social media, for example, can be on the mental health of teenagers, especially teenage girls, but also teenage boys and their body image and how far that can also reach into adulthood. It's still, you know, it's not just teenagers, it's also adult adults, young adults who are still feeling those effects. And at the same time, I also found all these really interesting studies on, for example, on the effects of multitasking and media multitasking, which is, you know, for example, if you're on a call at work and you're fiddling around on your phone, writing to somebody, that in the long run can have really serious consequences for your brain. It's not that if you do it once you mess up your brain or you ruin anything, but it's really one, you're training yourself to not focus on anything. You're training yourself to never really be in the moment, never really interact with the people who are in front of you, which I think will have or can have potentially longer term consequences in how we deal with each other as as humans at work personally in our societies and at the same time when you really overdo the multitasking thing the media multitasking it can lead to you losing um or not entirely but in you having less memory functions or less memory capabilities in some parts of our brain and i thought that to me was really shocking and i'm um i'm a social scientist so i always look at the bigger picture and when i found all these studies from from other 
areas of research like you know neurologists or psychology I was really quite taken aback because I thought wow something quite profound seems to be happening here and we're kind of sleeping on it or it's not really being discussed to the extent that I think we should be talking about it yeah no one's talking about it I, I think it's a great point um I think uh fundamentally I mean so I, I go and get a brain scan every once in a while hmm. uh, which is very very interesting I definitely know things about myself that I'm, how do, how do I say that, right? right. So there's certain things about my personality that is very different today, which I, I don't necessarily think comes from social media, but I'd say usage of computers in general. Mm-hmm. So for, for example, like the, the speed of which my brain can react, which is crazy fast, mm-hmm. um, which I'm very, very confident comes from sort of computer usage in general like because the thing is when you're when when you're when you're looking back right like when we used to do things if you're standing in the kitchen cooking and you're you know it's one thing at a time and it's not mm-hmm. you know stuff happens wherever when you're when you're looking at things like when you're sitting on a computer it's not particularly about multitasking specifically but it's about you can do many things so you can do many many steps in mm-hmm. a sequence at a very very fast paced yeah. speed yeah. if you know how to do it right now i i think the big difference or difficulty is actually understanding what are the good and the negative impacts mm-hmm. because it's i agree it's obvious that some things are happening to us mm-hmm. but i haven't necessarily always been able to see if it's good or bad yeah and i think that that's really one of the challenges with dealing with this technology and technology overall technology when it comes around, there's always, there's this quote I really like that, a good piece of technology can really feel like magic, right? And sometimes when you think about a a smartphone, you have apps that summon food to your house. That's pretty amazing, right? Imagine even 20 or 25 years ago, you would have thought that you have this little box in your hand and you can summon a car to pick you up and go wherever you need to go. That's kind of cool. At the same time, the the effects of technology, they tend to show up, you know, we don't know where to look for them initially, because when a technology is new, we don't yet know what it impacts and where the impact is. So it, it takes a moment really to see what's happening and for things to bubble up. And I think that's one of the big challenges we're seeing right now, because we're beginning to see the effects of it come up in when we talk about attention spans, when we talk about maybe this low level feeling of anxiety that people tell me about or that I also observe in people and that not everyone can quite place where it's coming from, just this feeling of everything is too much, there's just too much going on. Um, that might be associated with our use of, of you know, overuse of social media and, and generally um, notifications, the dig- digital technologies we have in our hands right now. And at the same time, I. I was in a podcast recently where we also talked about the pros and cons. And I think what's not helping right now is to tell people everything is bad because it's like, it's like when cars came around and it would be the same if a carriage manufacturer would have said, oh, you know, this car thing, it's never going to happen. And it's just bad because you're going so fast, way faster than, you know, a horse ever could. Well, great. The car was still the better invention. And it's, the same with this this is here to stay and it's really our job now as you know fortunate or unfortunate that is that really depends on your perspective uh, perspective to 
find a way to harness what's helping us and what's good and then to safeguard and protect around where really the fallout is and to be more intentional with how we use these technologies i think at first there was this excitement around smartphones and social media and we went at it almost like children trying out a new computer game right it was so cool to share photos with your friends across the world and now that that's solidified we can really think about it in a more intentional way maybe in a more i think we're entering our phase of adulthood now of when it comes to dealing with technology and especially our smartphones yeah i think one thing that just popped to my mind was a few years back there was like a big survey or a big uh, that, that done a lot of testing and basically it came out that if people are using these i think it was bluetooth mm-hmm. wireless headphone things it literally fried your brain right mm. now the whole thing was that what does fry your brain means but basically uh, the concept was that basically it heats up your brain and basically kill your brain cells or something like that uh, and that came out and, and for a couple of years everyone was like oh don't do that don't do that and again now today like 94 percent of people or whatever the number is walk around all day every day with wireless headphones on, right and yeah, it's it's interesting how much how much or maybe rather how little we actually look at the research before we jump into things. Mm. Um, and I think again, it's 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 easier to look at the research at a later stage. So it's easier to say, let's look at what happened ten years later and then see if it was actually good or bad, right? Because um, we can't predict everything, but yeah. it, it's definitely one of those things that you want to be somewhat consciously aware of some of these aspects and particularly with social media. I see it all the time with particularly children, but even young people, like even sort of mid twenties nowadays, uh, I, I see it constantly where they're literally, if not a certain amount of people like the last picture they put up on Instagram, they're literally having a breakdown, right? They're like, is there something wrong with me? Do I not look good anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like it's very difficult when when you haven't been in that situation, it's so difficult to understand that thinking, right? Mm. Uh, but I can totally see how it impacts people everywhere. Um, yeah, I have I have a lot of empathy with um, kids these days, <laughs> to put it like that, because we I think you and I had the luxury. I'm in my early thirties, and I had the luxury of growing up in a world before all of this happened. And because I grew up in the countryside here in Bavaria and the mountains, of course, our internet access was, <laughs> we had we had slow internet for a really long time in our town. And so the I had the luxury of my brain, I would say in my psyche developing up until I was about 20 when you know Facebook exploded. And then I, I could already tell throughout my studies the effect this was having on me and how hard it was sometimes to resist the lure of Facebook or resist posting something again to get a little bit of validation. I mean, I certainly feel it. And I still, now I, I'm not on social media professionally anymore and I only have my have a private profile that I use to stay in touch, you know, or see I have friends abroad who have kids. So it's kind of nice to see, you know, their kids grow up. I like it for that. I'm not posting anymore really, because I also feel the effect of, you know, when you don't get any reaction to what you're doing. And I think what we also need to understand is that we, we, as humans, we really have this need for 
connection, for social interaction, for also to be seen and to be to be in in you know the presence of other people. So I can very much see that if you grow up with this or if this is already your norm and you don't know the difference like you and I do because we have our foot in both worlds in a way just by the timing of our, our births or when we came into the world, it's, it has to be quite challenging to navigate this when, when this really is your social reality and it always has been. And still okay. from, from an outside point of view, you look at it and it's like, huh, I don't know. <laughs> it's still to a certain extent, it is puzzling. Yeah. Now, how do we turn in this into good, actionable stuff for, for these uh, fellow entrepreneurs out there? Like, what, what can you actually use some of the things that you've learned for from, a, from an entrepreneurial standpoint? Yeah. Oh, many, many things. So I think one of the key things is when you're an entrepreneur or when you're a leader of a team um, or a leader of a business is you, one of the biggest assets you have is your ability to focus and your ability to do deep work and do thinking and do all the things you need to do to keep the vision intact, to see where you're going next, right? And for that, you need you need a certain level of presence and you need a certain amount of, of focus and ability to focus. So the most important thing you need to do is really protect your attention and focus and protect your mental health. And the very easiest step to do that is to turn off your notifications. I'm with you on that um, because you want to be your phone's master, right? You want to use your phone when you feel the need to do it or when you know you have actually something to do on it and not when your phone sort of you know prods you or, or pokes you in the in the arm and tells you like hey look at this look at this new post new like that's not the mindset of a leader to me the mindset of a leader to me is really to say okay this technology exists and yeah it's fine if i scroll on instagram for five minutes during my break if i if it makes me happy but really it has its place and I have these things to do and to be able to do this, I need space for me to think. I think that's the first thing. The second one is, I mean, the same goes for notifications on emails and everything um, that you might have on your computer, Slack chats and everything. Um, a third thing that I think is really interesting when it comes to um, our digital technologies and how we experience time is this concept of time confetti that I recently learned and I made so much sense when I found that out. So time confetti is when, for example, you have an hour of free time and instead of just going for an hour long walk, or maybe you take a nap and then you, you do something else, or you sit down and have a conversation with someone for an hour, right? Like an hour of proper rest time. What you do instead is maybe you go and have a coffee, then you check Instagram, then you do something else for five minutes, then you do something on your phone again, okay, you put your phone away, you finish the coffee, you realize, oh, you know, I could send a voice note to someone else. And when you when you look at it like that, you really, you sort of cut up your time in small increments where there's not really rest, there's constant busyness at a lower level, and you don't really have those downtimes that are really um, that are really restorative to you. So being mindful of time confetti, I think is is very helpful. And it's also the same when you actually do the work as an entrepreneur. Um, it's a difference between if you carve out an hour of focus time for yourself to really go deep on something that needs solving in your business, <clears throat> excuse me, or if you 
start working at it, then you go and look at your emails again, because you're also so used to doing that. And then you do this other thing, and then you go back to your big problem. That, that just cuts up your time and makes your time evaporate like nothing. And it's also not so great for your brain because you, you're sort of torn between all of these activities and you're not really focused on any one of them. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, I think just when you look at social media, like one of the things I definitely notice is there's so many more people today doing like mindfulness and all this kind of stuff, which tells me, again, people are realizing the need. So I, I'm not much of a meditator, but I'm a, I'm a compulsive walker. Mm-hmm. So great. What, I, what I realized when I started walking many years ago was that, again, we never turn off. Like even most people I see who go for a walk, go for a walk with a podcast in their ears. They never actually have the time to sit down and think. Yeah. And you, I see many people having sleeping problems because what happens is they have no time to think during the day. So what happens is as soon as they go to bed, their brain has so much stuff they want to get rid of and they start thinking and they really struggle to sleep. Uh, so I, I think that what I've found that's most powerful for me at least is, is that aspect of learning how to unwind. A lot of people get their best ideas in the shower. Yeah, and that, and, and, <laughs> classic. And, and funny enough, that's because it's the one place where they typically don't have their phone, they don't have all these devices, yeah. and they actually finally start thinking a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's not because the shower is like a magical place. It's just because <laughs> they don't actually have all the distractions, right? And like going for a walk without anything in your ears is a similar yeah. situation. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think this this point you're making about downtime is our, our brains. So when you think about it, we, we're constantly um, bombarded with information for work, for personal lives, the news, social media. It's all it's all coming at us, right? Also, the 500 emails you talked about that you had at, at you know, your corporate job back in the day. It's all of that is information and we need to process all of that. And it's it's a lot. It's really almost like drinking from the fire hose of information. And when we're doing all of this work, and especially as, as entrepreneurs or as knowledge workers in, you know, as, as online business owners specifically, there's all this stuff coming at us. And if we don't make space to process and for our brains really to digest all of it and for us to, to also take the time to allow ourselves to have the time to reflect on what's coming our way, you're, for one thing, you're not making space for the room you need to create new ideas. And the other thing is you're also, you, you're getting into the mode where there's so much coming at you where you're just reacting and making reactive decisions is also not such a great idea when you run a business. It's, yeah, I, I mean, 100%. And that's, I, I think also all the time, like small business owners have often been in the situation where they're like, I'm always too busy. And yeah. I don't necessarily think that's something that's to do with technology. Mm. Um while it's definitely not necessarily helping, it, it's yeah. not something that necessarily changed a lot, right? Yeah. But the way of dealing with it, I think, have probably changed a lot because the, the the thing is, busy is always a question of there's many things I want to do. And I think the <laughs> biggest issue most online entrepreneurs have is there's so many things, number one, that you can do today that was yeah. not even an option many years ago. Yeah. And because you can do them, you want to do them to some stage. So the the difference between there's a lot of things I can do and, Mm -hmm. you know, what are the things that matters, I think have been 
made a lot more difficult yeah. also because lack of data like it's like when I talk with most people, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not doing something on social media. I totally need to do Facebook, la-di-da. I need to mm-hmm. do something on Instagram. and I need to do something yeah. here. And it's like people feel this need to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you don't. Like you need to find <laughs> one place where you can acquire customers uh-huh. and you need to hone that. And when you hone that in, you can then start looking and saying, you know, where else can I get customers and try one more thing? But the yeah. whole thing is, if you put 5% of effort into 20 different channels, you will get zero outcome. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so definitely on the marketing side, I see a lot of small businesses struggling on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because I think with social media in particular, and I mentioned in the beginning that I'm big on marketing without social media for small, small, small businesses, right? I'm not talking about... 50 person company because there it might already be different but if it's just you or if it's you and a team of five or something like that and this idea that you have to be on socials or you have to be everywhere I see there's a certain like you described with this frantic action of I'm going to be here and I'm going to be there and I'm going to be there because everyone's there and you know I'm just going to share content across platforms and that's all going to work fine and it's not because social media at this point is really you need expertise you need a strategy it's a it's a job there's a reason why social media managers exist and why it's 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 a coveted job to find a good social media manager because you need to know what you're doing and winging it isn't isn't working or you know putting out content and just seeing what happens if that's what you want to do then it's you know it's fine to try it like that i think as a business strategy it's a really bad idea and beyond that there's also this conversation really of you don't own a platform you don't own access to communication with your audience you're at the whims of changing algorithms and the algorithm decides who gets to see what and when which also makes me think or at least my stance with this um second business that I want to run called by social media is really for a lot of small businesses, it might not be the best idea because the risk is actually a lot higher than we might think. Or last fall, for example, um, maybe you remember this when all the meta companies were down, WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook was down for, I think over half a day. Well, what happened to all the small business owners? They had, if you're on social primarily or heavily you have no way of contacting your audience you have no way of making sales and for half a day you can probably survive that but imagine just when you look at it from a different perspective the level of dependency you have on those platforms and I think that for business is never good you don't want to depend like that on your marketing channel I I I agree with that to some extent I, Mm -hmm. I think though when you're a small business it's so incredibly important to focus on a place to find your customers to enable you to build your business, right? Because I see the opposite more frequently where people are investing in so many different marketing channels at a Mm -hmm. time. And and typically my my focus is the opposite. I'm saying if this thing works, Mm -hmm. milk it for a period build systems, build the processes, but but see where you get to. I think you definitely need to be aware of the risk. Mm -hmm. But I think honestly, like, 
even if you have a physical store downtown, like there's a risk that there's going to be roadwork right in front of your store for a period of time. <laughs> yeah. No, but but I'm just saying it happens. Yeah, I know what you mean. Right. So so the yeah. thing is that there's always some physical or or you know internet is challenges somewhere. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's about you definitely need to be aware of the risk, which many people aren't. Yeah. And then you need to when I, I don't look at it for small businesses, but when you grow bigger. Mm -hmm. then in my experience, it's the right time to start thinking about it, right? Because if you, for example, if you're posting a ton of stuff and get a lot of initial customers, Facebook, that's great. Because again, like 20 years ago, you couldn't actually build a business like that, right? Yeah. But you, you can do that now. But then really getting into the point where you, where you look at it and then say, well, you know what? I know this is not my platform, but it's a very cheap way for me to acquire customers. Mm -hmm. And it can help me build my email list. It can help me do all these other things that will get me a sustainable business in the longer term, right? Yeah. So, so I'm, I, 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 I kind like, of look at it both ways. Yeah, I like that you brought that up because I, I think the most value for your listeners and for somebody who's curious about this really is in, in, in this back and forth on it. And I I think what I see a lot in, in small businesses and especially really who I think about a lot are also freelancers or solopreneurs with a VA, right? Really small operations where the entrepreneur has to do the marketing themselves because there is nobody else to do it. And I see time and again, I see all these people who are so frustrated, like, oh, you know, I have to make a reel and oh, I hate social media so much. Then my thought process behind this really is saying, okay, if you hate it this much and you have to expend all this time and energy on it for you to just do the thing that somebody else actually seems to be enjoying, then maybe you really need to look at your marketing strategy. Actually have one. That's not just, I'm going to post on social media and hope for the best. Have a marketing strategy and then consider if there's any other way to find your clients. Because I think also, and where my, where I would say my beef with this really is with social media marketing is it's, it's sold so much in the entrepreneurship space as the standard. You can't do it without it. You have to be on socials. There's no other way, kind of that type of rhetoric. And I think, yes, there comes a point in your business, like you were saying, when you grow and when there's a way or a smart way to integrate it into it. What I'm really about is moving people away from the default of that you have to do it because also being cognizant of all the risks. And opening up their minds to, okay, there are all these other ways to market yourself that have existed before social media. And there are probably ways that you can use them. And if you ever want to be on socials, or if you want to keep your profile and, you know, take a step back and chill out on that a little bit, then fine, do that. And please build a mailing list. I think that's, that's one of the most important things is just to have even if you're on socials heavily to have one alternative channel. And if you send out, you know, an email a week, an email every other week, but just to, to keep people engaged on there in case anything happens with the other thing. Yeah, I mean, I, a couple of good things I started thinking about when you were talking about this. So uh, one of them is when I built my first two companies uh -huh. with the first four years, we didn't even have a website, even though I know how to build a website, even uh -huh. though I could go do it. But the, the simple reasoning was that for me, the most effective strategy to acquire customers were conferences and networking and i knew yeah. that if i spent time and energy on putting stuff in social media which by the way i'm not very good at by nature yeah um the, 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 the impact of it would not be particularly great 
And yeah. it was a very, very conscious decision for me to say, you know, I know that there's many people who have a lot of success with this, but it is not my core skill set and it's not what I'm great at. And therefore, it's not where I'm going to focus my time and energy at this point. And, you know, eventually I, I hired some amazing people. I have an amazing marketing manager right now that uh, changed the world. But again, I got to that point by understanding my own strengths and weaknesses and understanding, you know, where it makes sense to me to focus my time and energy to get a great return, right? Yeah. And second thing, uh, I mean, I have plenty of horror stories about uh, all this being depending on platforms and so on. But mm-hmm. one business I was supporting not long ago, which which was a, a very important business, um, but that was a, a friend of mine who had a business about sexual education in an Asian mm-hmm. country. And very, very important because it's not something that happens in government very well and so on, right? And, mm-hmm. But the problem is she had literally been banned from every platform on planet Earth because wow. she talks about sex. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Google is like, if you mention the word sex, you're out of here or Facebook or whatever, right? So, like, there's just certain things where it, it, you're so likely to end up in a difficult spot. And, and I mean, we're talking about a business here that was making like a lot of money on a monthly mm-hmm. basis, right? Suddenly just disappearing. Wow. And a constant battle with the likes of Facebook and YouTube and even web hosts. So mm-hmm. what actually, and this was probably the scariest thing for me, but she ended up at a point where uh, basically the, so the, the site was based in Vietnam and she usually, she ended up in a situation where every web host and I assume it's coming from the government, but somehow every web host banned her site. So you couldn't literally open her website wow. from inside of Vietnam. Wow. And I'm like, I, I was like, if you have your own website, that's certainly safe, right? But, mm-hmm. but even that is something that is not necessarily safe because yeah. apparently, and, and I mean, there's definitely reasons. I mean, you see all sorts of stuff with child pornography and stuff. There's definitely reason for why this is possible to block. Mm-hmm. But it's also a little bit scary. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking at the political landscape around the world, what what people can actually block when they just feel like it mm. without any particular reason, right? So I, I think in a business, you need to be freaking aware of that, right? Because if you don't understand the potential downfalls, even in how you communicate, right? Like if you understand the fact that, you know, if I use a certain type of word, if I use a certain type of language, mm-hmm. there's a fair chance that I'm going to be paying for Facebook for a month, right? Now, yeah. if you if your business is depending on Facebook, you need to really manage that risk, right? Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. And I like I like that you brought up um, this the self-awareness piece around your marketing because I think that's really key when you said that, in the beginning, you didn't go on socials because you're not, you know, it doesn't come naturally, um, like it might come to others. And you went to, I think, networking events was right in conferences. And I think that's also something we we tend to overlook when we when we look at, you know, yay, I'm going to be on social media and do all these things. I think the awareness piece needs to come first, that we think about, well, what am I good at? I love being on podcasts because I like to talk. <laughs> you might have noticed. Um, I think it's also a way that, uh, you know, and I'm just using my own example to make this a bit more tangible. It's it's a way, I think the the services I'm selling and the things I'm doing, it's really nice to talk about because I, I really care about spreading also this message or the information I have to a larger group of people. 
So podcasts work really well for that. And I like having conversations like these. I feel like there's a lot of value for listeners and, and also in the back and forth between us now. So this is great. And the way I speak is also pretty much the way I write. So Twitter does not lend itself for me as a natural medium. And that's where I tried to promote my work for quite a while. And surprise, it didn't get anywhere because I was just trying to force my personality into a slot that it wasn't made for. And the same could go for people who say, oh, they absolutely hate networking events, right? Or they hate cold outreach. I don't mind cold outreach. I like sending emails and somebody will, somebody will respond. Somebody else won't. It's, you know, sort of you win some, you lose some. Um, other people might dread that. And I think when, when, especially because social media is such a paradigm that you have to be on social media for your marketing, quote unquote, have to, it's really important to have that self-awareness piece and say, okay, um, is this actually something I want to do? Because otherwise you have to invest a lot of inner work first to get yourself to the point where you feel okay about doing it. And then you do it for, from a place of meh. And when you think about all the other people who you're potentially competing with who actually love doing the marketing on that certain platform or who love going to conferences and meeting people and you're just standing there like a wallflower, you know, hating every moment that you're there, but somebody said you have to go because that's what's worked for them, then, you know, you already see quite well that if you have so much antif and, and, and a lack of motivation around it, and if it doesn't fit you well, then why do it? Why do it and not be, not consider other options that are out there. And then later on when you can invest and if you really want your company to be on social media, bring in somebody who actually likes doing it and who's good at it. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, I'm one of these humans that takes about one picture a year and, uh, <laughs> it, it's 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 great I, I know i'm pretty unique in that but it's great to have a marketing manager that actually tells me what pictures to do and say hey yeah. i need a picture like this and i need this and i need this because again because i take them so rarely i'm probably pretty horrible at doing it right so yeah. even if i was trying to do it with myself the impact would at best be neutral but at worst be be <laughs> negative impacted yeah. right so I, I think i think there's a lot of uh yeah i mean that's very much how i look at it as well right it's yeah. you're much better like i always say people people spread their bets all right mm -hmm. now and if you just take a simple question of like, you know, would you rather have 10 businesses that makes 10 grand a year or would you rather have one business to make 100K a year, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a great question. There's not a right or wrong answer. All I can tell you is that I would pick one business making 100K a year every single day of the week uh, with no exceptions, right? Because re reality is it's so much easier to manage one business than 10 mm -hmm. businesses it's the same when you look at marketing it's so easier to it's so much easier to manage one marketing channel than 10 marketing channels and the problem is if you have if you're doing 10 marketing channels by yourself i am very confident in saying you're probably not doing them all very well and mm. you'll be much better cutting it in half or even less and focusing more energy on fewer channels yeah and, and the good thing with that, so, so one problem is when you're trying to do 10 marketing channels and then you go out and trying to hire a marketing manager and you're like, yeah, you have to be good at social and ads and SEO and all of these million of different things, right? And you're like, yeah, you can't find anyone that's good at all of those things. Or I wonder why that is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Alternatively, you need to pay a, a crazy amount of money to get them, right? Yeah. So again, if you, if you figure out one channel that works, 
And then you figure out a system that works and you hire someone to run that system or be responsible for that system. And then you can move on to the next one, right? That That is the way that you build successful businesses. So. I feel like that's a, it's almost a good last word. I, I, was, I was about to say that. Yeah. I was about to say that. So, Johanna, if people have been super excited yeah. about this conversation and they want to connect with you, or reach out to you, or find more mm-hmm. about you, what's the right place? Oh, thanks for asking. So, if you are curious about the attention piece and how you can bring that to your company or as a leader, you go to logofflivemore.com. And what I want you to do is sign up for the newsletter because we talked about marketing. I'm very big on email marketing. Newsletter is really where I share my insights, where I share what I'm learning, where I have you know, sort of a, a welcome space where you learn all about why this matters. So if that's your thing, go to logofflivemore.com, sign up for the newsletter, and I'll be so happy to have you in my community. If you're more interested or equally interested in the buy social media piece or how you can market yourself without social media, then go to buysocialmedia.com, buy as in bye-bye, and also sign up for my newsletter there. Um, I send out a tip every Wednesday on how you can market yourself without social media and anything else um, that comes up during the week or things I'm learning about how to market yourself without social media. So sign up for that. And I offer workshops for companies on how to be more mindful with their digital communication, how to protect their employees' mental health. And I offer one-on-one consultations on how to market yourself without social media, how to actually build a marketing strategy around that and not just wing it because winging it is never good. Totally, totally. Johanna, it's been a pleasure. You're definitely the first PHP and Instagram I've ever met. As far as I'm aware. Um, Thank so, you. Awesome not, conversation. Yeah. Thanks so much for saying that. Thanks. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a good conversation starter. Excellent. Thank you very much. It was an awesome conversation. Thanks so much for having me. To the audience, thank you very much. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for hanging on all the way to the end. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.